Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to talk about the Donald Trump indictment. And obviously, the news changed late in the afternoon when new indictments came down from Jack Smith. What does this actually mean? I sat down with Senator Ted Cruz for our podcast that we do, Verdict, and I want you to hear what he had to say about these indictments, the timing of it, and what it means. Take a listen. Let's go through a quick timeline for you. June the 7th, the FBI released documents to Congress alleging that the Bidens took a $10 million bribe from Burisma. What happened the very next day? June 8th, Jack Smith indicted Trump in the Mar-a-Lago document case. Fast forward to July the 26th, Hunter Biden goes to court and rejects the sweetheart plea deal for the judge said, uh-uh, after it was revealed that the Biden Department of Justice tried to give Hunter Biden blanket immunity from all future prosecutions. The very next day after that sweetheart deal fell apart on July the 27th, Jack Smith added more charges for Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. Move just a few days later to July the 31st. Hunter Biden's former business partner testifies to Congress, Devin Archer, that Joe Biden was on over 20 calls with his son's business partners and that Burisma executives pressured them to fire the prosecutor. What happened the very next day? Jack Smith indicts Trump again for more charges related to January the 6th. Senator, is there a coincidence with the day-after-day timeline I just gave you, or is this possible retribution for how dare you challenge us? Look, it is is not subtle and it's not complicated. This is straight-out election interference by the Biden Department of Justice. We have talked at great length about how incredibly politicized the Department of Justice is. You're right, the timing. Every time there's a bad development on evidence of corruption or criminal misconduct by Hunter Biden or, in particular, Joe Biden, the next day you see the Department of Justice try to change the narrative, try to break news. I am not surprised at all that this indictment came down yesterday. Why is that? Because they desperately wanted to drive off of the news Devin Archer's testimony. That was very bad for Joe Biden, 
And the best way to do it is, is to count on the useful idiots in the media who will happily echo their latest charges against Donald Trump. We are looking right now at three different indictments of Donald Trump, one state and two federal, and in all likelihood we'll see a fourth indictment of Donald Trump in Atlanta from another state prosecutor. This one was supposed to be the big big enchilada. This is the one that Democrats and and the corporate media have been salivating for. This was finally going to get him. They are Captain Ahab, and he is their Moby Dick, and they want to get Donald Trump. And I got to say, I sat down and read this indictment, and my biggest sentiment was that it was thoroughly underwhelming. There's very little there, there. There's very little new in this indictment that you couldn't get reading the pages of the Washington Post in the days after the, the, the 2020 election leading up to January 6th. Almost all of this has been covered in the newspapers. Uh, And essentially what this indictment does is take all the facts, and in particular, they really, really, really don't like that Donald Trump alleged that there was voter fraud in the 2020 election and that it changed the outcome. Now, I get that they don't like that, but not liking it is not the same as saying Trump saying that over and over and over again on television on Twitter, on any mountaintop from which you could say it, is somehow criminal conduct. And, and, and I think, you know, looking at this, I was surprised after all this investigation, after millions of dollars, after uh, prosecutors with subpoena power putting people at risk of going to jail, I, I was surprised that there wasn't a smoking gun in here, that there wasn't something that, that, that frankly breaks news. At this point, the only news is, aha, They indicted him, and then they get to repeat everything they said uh, for the last two years. This is a political indictment brought by a political prosecutor working for a political attorney general, working for a political president who does not want to, to risk losing to Donald Trump in November of 2024. And what Joe Biden, what Merrick Garland, what Jack Smith, what all the apparatchiks in the Biden Justice Department want is they want, number one, they want Trump to win the Republican nomination. And and they've now figured out every time they indict Trump, his numbers go up in the primary. That makes them really happy. They want Trump to be the nominee. And then number two, their nirvana is to have multiple criminal trials against Donald Trump, all proceeding ideally in September and October of 2024. And they believe they'll throw so much mud on the wall that Trump will be unelectable. That's their political objective. I understand why they have that political objective. But it's not the rule of law. It's not what the Department of Justice is supposed to be doing. My question for you and for so many Americans right now is, how did we get to a point where this could even happen? And how is it possible that there can be this clear, in a, in a sense, transparency on the weaponization of the Department of Justice, where it's like, okay, every single time there's bad news for the Biden crime family, immediately we indict Donald Trump, who is, uh, hands down, the front runner now for the GOP nomination. Is this not political interference, the worst we've ever seen in American modern political history? And is there anyone that can stop them from doing this? It is almost at this point mind-boggling where we are as a country in the United States of America in 2023. 
Well, unfortunately, we've entered Banana Republic territory. In, in over two centuries of our nation's history, no president of the United States has ever been indicted. We now have a former president who, as you note, is the leading opposition candidate to be the next president, who's been indicted not once, not twice, but three times, and in all likelihood it will be four times. That is, we're almost numb to how unprecedented that is. If you look at this latest indictment, the circumstances of it are highly problematic. This indictment has been brought in D.C., uh, the case was assigned to a federal district judge, a judge named Tanya Chutkin. Uh, judge Chutkin was appointed to the D.C. District Court by Barack Obama. And she has a reputation for being far left, even by D.C. District Court standards. Judge Chutkin, for example, has set aside numerous federal death penalty cases. And she is the only federal judge in Washington, D.C., who has sentenced January 6th defendants to sentences longer than the government requested. So in terms of the judge, we can anticipate a judge who is going to be relentlessly hostile to Donald Trump, who is going to bend over backwards for the Biden DOJ, and who is going to make ruling after ruling after ruling against Trump. She wants this to go to trial. Now, to be clear, she doesn't want this to go to trial now. She doesn't want it to go to trial in a week. She doesn't want it to go to trial in a month. DOJ wants Trump to get the nomination, so this trial can't happen too quickly. They want it to happen after he's nominated but before the general election. And I will tell you, if it goes to trial, you will have a jury that is drawn from the District of Columbia. The District of Columbia is the jurisdiction in the United States that is the most Democrat of any jurisdiction in the country in terms of a district or a state. Over 90 percent of the voters in D.C. vote Democrat, voted for Joe Biden, voted for Hillary Clinton, consistently vote Democrat. They are not Donald Trump supporters. The likelihood that a D.C. jury will vote to convict Donald Trump is exceptionally high, and the facts don't matter, the laws don't matter. They hate him. That's a big part of the reason why the Biden DOJ wants to bring this case in D.C., which means with a far-left judge and a far-left jury, there is a very real possibility that Donald Trump ends up being convicted. Now, I think on appeal, that conviction will not stand. But it might stand in the D.C. Circuit. An appeal would go to the D.C. Circuit. It would depend what panel you get on the D.C. Circuit, whether a conviction would stand. I think the ultimate outcome of any Donald Trump conviction on this indictment would be a reversal in all likelihood at the U.S. Supreme Court. I would note the last time Jack Smith played this game, the last time Jack Smith indicted a serious, credible Republican presidential candidate, and pause for a second, Merrick Garland and DOJ found, I think, the only guy on the planet, as far as I'm, I know, who was previously indicted, a leading candidate for president that was a Republican. They brought him back and said, hey, you did that so well, would you do it again? The last time Jack Smith did that was Bob McDonald, then the governor of Virginia. He got a conviction. 
and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and it was unanimously reversed. But you know what? If that happens in this case, that'll be two, three years from now. That'll be after the election. That will be with Bob McDonald. Jack Smith had done his job. The job was not to put him in jail. The job was to hurt him politically, to take him out, to destroy his career. And he succeeded in doing that, even though it was lawless. And, and, and what is dangerous about this particular indictment with a judge and a jury that are likely to be stacked against Donald Trump and, and in fact, loathe Donald Trump, that is a very dangerous scenario that is, I think, exceptionally bad, A, for the rule of law, but B, for democracy. Whether you want Donald Trump to be the next president or not, that question should not be answered by a corrupt Department of Justice weaponizing the legal system. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The cover-up is in, but now it's part two for the Biden crime family with a cover-up this time coming from the media. CNN's Dana Bash covering now. It's like she's almost on the payroll of the White House for Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption. Explaining away the millions and millions of dollars from our adversaries, the fact that he was selling access to the White House by saying, well, look, there's a lot of relationships that operate in a gray area intentionally and this is just politics so you really shouldn't be upset the question that anderson asked about the fact that doesn't it appear shady does that mean that the the president was involved in hunter biden's business dealings no but we all understand washington and we all understand um that a lot of these uh relationships operate in the gray areas intentionally, especially when you have uh, somebody who is either related to a a famous person or a powerful person or used to work for a a powerful person. You want your clients to know that you can get them on the phone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, wow. So there it is. It's not a big deal. Look, especially when you have somebody who's either related to a famous person or a powerful person, you want your clients to know that you can get them on the phone. So she's admitting that what they were selling was access to Joe Biden. 
that this was influence peddling, selling access to the United States of America. This comes on top of a new bombshell accusation. The Hunter Biden whistleblower, Gary Shapley, is now claiming that the FBI, in fact, spooked a corroborating a corroborating witness. Take a listen to what he had to say. Again, this is how Devin Archer has now confirmed that President Biden lied. Okay, number one. And two, now you have this new whistleblower who is claiming the FBI spooked some of the corroborating witnesses. Um, you and Joseph Ziegler came out as whistleblowers uh, and testified before that House committee. Are there others who have yet to come out who are willing? Well, I, I think there's lots of people with uh, information that, that can shine light on this. And um, House Ways and Means Committee has requested, uh, you know, those names. We provided those names. And we, uh, the, the, the government and, and the people of the United States demand that the government and, and, and look gets to the bottom of this. They need to talk to all these people. They can't just allow uh, uh, DOJ to not give access to, to people. I mean, for example, the FBI SSA that, 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 that testified for the House Ways and Means committee he was he was given a letter the sunday before from doj basically telling him not to talk and you know i uh i know that he could have confirmed uh, additional uh material facts on this investigation and uh you know he did confirm that the uh the uh, uh fbi headquarters notifying the transition team and, and secret service but really that was the only thing that he was able to speak about so there are there are so many other people and we've provided that to the house ways and means committee and uh, we just hope that they follow uh, uh follow the leads and talk to the people they need to talk to to get to the bottom of it because mm-hmm. our tax system and and the american people deserve it okay gary thank you for your time they, they may want to stay anonymous i'm sure you took a risk coming out and so did joseph ziegler Absolutely. as well so now you have the FBI telling witnesses to shut up. This all happening while now we're waiting for another Donald Trump indictment. We are hearing now that there's another indictment coming. This is Jack Smith's team is now admitting that's the guy going after Donald Trump, the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, admitting that they incorrectly were telling that the courts and the court DOJ had turned over all of the materials Oops. Yeah. No, it's not an oops. That's on purpose. Special counsel Jack Smith's team admitted in a federal court filing in Miami this week that the government had not, in fact, given all of its evidence to the court for President Donald Trump's defense team to review. The same thing Trump, by the way, is allegedly uh, they allege has done to them. Smith has charged Trump with 40 counts of the so-called documents case, right? Among them is the accusation that Trump caused his lawyers to tell the government that they had handed over all the documents the government wanted when, in fact, they had not. Now, that same special counsel, Jack Smith, his team, they're admitting in a federal court filing in Miami this week that the government had not, in fact, given all of its evidence to the court for President Donald Trump's defense team to review. So in other words, we can do it, but we'll throw you in jail if you do it or we accuse you of doing it. Now, the indictment against Trump also alleges that he conspired with his staff to move boxes of documents and to attempt to delete some video footage without telling his attorneys so that the final delivery of documents and video to the government was, quote, incomplete. But in this ironic twist, Smith's team had to admit to the court in this July 31st filing 
that ha- that it had not, in fact, uploaded all of the video footage that it had taken from Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago, Florida, to a platform established by the court for the defense team to review. Yeah, so whoops, my bad. But hey, when you're the government, you can make it up as you go. Apparently, you can get away with this. And the DOJ is admitting it, right? They're admitting it did not, pr- it did not produce all of the um, Mar-a-Lago camera footage to the defense counsel in the first batches of discovery, despite making that claim in court last month. So they straight up lied about this. This security video story, by the way, is not going to get any blaring headlines, and I think we all know why, because the government and the media are working together one in ha- as the same right now when it comes to trying to screw anybody they don't like. Quote, the government's representation at the July 18th hearing that all surveillance footage the government had obtained pre-indictment had been produced was therefore incorrect. That's what the uh, Julia Edstein, a Smith assistant, told the court in the document. In the criminal trials, the defense is entitled to see all of the evidence that the government plans to introduce at trial. Under a rule called the Brady Rule, the prosecution has a special duty to disclose anything to the defense that might prove to be exculpatory. Now, Trump maintains that the Presidential Records Act entitles him to decide which records are his and which belong to the National Archives. He also denies trying to hide any materials, including classified or national security documents from the government, quote unquote. So, again, Jack Smith lying to the Trump team and then correcting it, saying, oops, sorry, our bad. We didn't mean to. It just kind of happens this way. Right now, let's go back also to Devin Archer. Devin Archer, I think, has come out. Uh, of this testimony before Congress, probably giving the most credible witness testimony on Hunter Biden's business dealings. Why? Because he was his best friend. He worked with him. And we know this. Many are now saying that Devin was not only a guy that looked very credible, but he seemed to be telling the truth and also at the same time being cautious at what he said. I wouldn't agree. I couldn't agree with that more, by the way, because I'm sure he's looking over his shoulder at the same time. But he was involved. He was with him. He knew what was going on. The amount of cash that he was making was directly tied to the Biden selling access, which is what he said is that they were buying access to the Biden crime family. Now, this comes, by the way, as the Democrats narrative on Joe's uh, Biden's you know, involvement has reached a new point, I would argue, of absurdity. Peter Schweitzer, the president of the Government Accountability Institute, said on Monday that the Democrats' explanation for President Joe Biden's level of involvement in his son Hunter's international business deals has reached a point of just absurdity. He said this on Newsmax. But first, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about our good friends at covidtaxrelief.org. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for a $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan and you don't have to pay it back. Look, this program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at Consumer Tax Advocates. The best part is you pay nothing up front. They do all the work and then they share a percentage of cash that you get. 
Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had increases in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDtaxrelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org. COVIDtaxrelief.org. I want you to hear what Peter Schweitzer had to say about Hunter Biden. He said this on Newsmax uh, with Eric Bowling, and I want you to hear how he described what all is happening right now. To Peter Schweitzer. Peter, let's get into this a little bit deeper here. Um, Hunter Biden flew to China with Joe Biden, I believe it was on Air Force Two, if I'm not mistaken. And we're now supposed to believe that there was never any business discussed between Joe and Hunter. Like, hey, Hunter, you're, you're going to China. Uh, what are you doing here? I, th- they're just asking us to make these insane leaps uh, that, that just defy gravity, so to speak. Yeah, I know you're exactly right, Eric. And look, what I would say to Congressman Goldman, who said they were discussing the weather, uh, if that's the case, why has Joe Biden lied about it? Why wouldn't he just say, oh, you know, my son my son called me and his business associates were there, but it was an innocent conversation because they know how it looks and they know the reality of what was discussed. Uh, and let's underline this, Eric. Um, you know, Devin Archer was really the business mastermind behind this enterprise. He's the one that had the business acumen. Hunter Biden was the one that had the right name and had the right father. Uh, we're going to hear later testimony uh, before this committee from Eric Schwerin, who's the money guy uh, in this operation. Uh, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Eric Schwerin tells us as well. What do you think? Again, I asked Marjorie Taylor Greene the same question, though. You know, you're in Ukraine, you're in China, you're, I don't know, in Los Angeles with a member of of Burisma or one of the countries in question, and your your business associate, Hunter, presses a number and gets the second most powerful person on the planet. They don't need to be talking about anything other than the weather. You get the point, right? That's what you're going to pay for, Peter. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's the same thing with a political campaign. Candidates show up, they shake some hands, and then somebody from the staff shakes people down for campaign donations. It's the same operation here. And, you know, look, the retreat uh, from the Democrats and the Biden campaign uh, has reached a point of absurdity. Uh, In 2018, when we first reported on this, the Biden said there were no foreign deals. Then when the deals came out, they said, "Okay, well, but Hunter made no money. Then it was clear that Hunter made money and they shifted it to uh, Joe Biden did not have any knowledge, didn't speak to any of the business partners. We now know that's not true. I think the next shoe to drop is that Joe Biden himself actually received money. Uh, from these business deals done through a series of LLCs. Uh, I think this is unsustainable. There was a Harvard-Harris poll, hardly a conservative outlet, uh, that came out three or four weeks ago, said 58% of the American people, including a majority, a strong majority of independents, believe that Joe Biden participated in illegal business activity involving his family while president, those numbers are only going to go up. So the Democrats in Washington can argue what they want. The American people are finally starting to see what the Bidens were actually up to, and it's not good for the Bidens. You know, Peter, uh, depending who you listen to, anywhere between 15 and 30, maybe upwards of $40 million came from foreign governments and companies into one of the Bidens, into this, as you point out, the shell game of, of, of shell companies, the network of shell companies. 
is there any? And one of them, Burisma, was in energy. And there was a Chinese energy company. There's also a Chinese investment company. Is there any legitimate reason these people and companies and countries would pay Hunter Biden or Joe, whomever, the sums of money for for what? What 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 are the what could possibly be the right reasons? Yeah, yeah, Eric. I mean, the bottom line is you look at the emails. Uh, Henry Zhao sends five million to Hunter Biden. Uh, Six million comes from Chairman Yi, the head of this Chinese energy company. Uh, Every single instance, there's never, ever, ever a discussion of the services or products that Hunter Biden's going to provide. It's all, quote unquote, capital investment. Hunter Biden, in one case, called it good faith seed money. Uh, that good faith seed money doesn't go into any business. It goes into Biden family LLCs. So it's obvious what is going on here. And what the Democrats are arguing is is unsustainable. So they're going to have to shift gears uh, with some other defense because there's no legitimate explanation for why this money found its way into the Bidens. If they were selling a product, that product was Joe Biden. That's the only thing they were selling. Really good having you on, Peter Schweitzer. That was the only thing they were selling. I love Peter Schweitzer's analysis of this and reminding you of everything they've gone through. He said, you know, you're Ukraine. Yeah, you're in Ukraine. You're doing business in Ukraine. Check. Then you're in China. Yeah, you're doing that. Then you say, no, I'm not doing that. Then you are. Then you're with a member of Burisma. Then, Then you're getting people fired. Then you're saying you didn't make any money from this. Then you had to admit you were making money from this. You go through the list here of all the lies here, and then you have a president. Don't forget, we have a president still, a president of the United States of America. And what has he said over and over again? He has said, I have not made any money off of this. Yes, he has. He has absolutely made money off of this. We know they were they were covering each other's bills. We know that Hunter Biden was paying for improvements at his daddy's house. Jim Jordan also said this about Hunter Biden a moment ago when he was talking on Fox Business. Take a listen. Uh, Jim Jordan, um, there may be some announcements imminent or maybe not, but let's talk just for a moment about the here. You uh, presided over the deposition sure. yesterday. Um, I, I think the general point here is that Joe, we now know that Joe Biden has been lying about knowing his son's business oh, sure. activities. He lied during the, 20, uh, the 2020 debates. And he continues to lie since then. Just tell us, if you would, sir, uh, what stands out in your mind from this deposition? What did you take away that was, you know, particularly interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Archer said that Hunter Biden, the value he brought to the business operation they were involved in was the Biden brand, the Biden brand being Joe Biden, this this powerful political figure in in D.C. And I think you saw that manifest in this this meeting that took place that I thought really stood out in yesterday's deposition. Uh, our, our interview was this, this meeting that took place December 4th, 2015 in Dubai, where Hunter Biden and Devin Archer are meeting with the executives from Burisma, the guys who run Burisma, Mr. Zolachevsky. They're meeting with them. And at this meeting, they say, the Burisma people say, we're under a lot of pressure. We need the United States government to help us out. And of course, five days after this meeting, December 9th, 2015, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and starts attacking the prosecutor. Mm. Now, also at that meeting on December 4th in Dubai, they have a phone call with D.C. Now, I don't know who it was. Mr. Archer said he didn't know. He wasn't right there when the phone call happened. He was at a different part of the hotel when that happened. Um, But he knows that there was a call that took place, a call to D.C. Who they talked to, I don't know. 
But again, five days after this, Joe Biden takes action, which is the start of this process that now has become somewhat well known where Joe Biden, a few months later, says where he relates, where he gives this talk to the folks in Ukraine, says, if you don't fire Shokin, the prosecutor, you're not getting the money. I mean, ironically, the same thing they went after President Trump for in the impeachment. But Joe Biden says he did it. That all starts in play on this December 9th speech he gives there again, five days after this conversation takes place. So that, to me, was sort of the big takeaway from yesterday's uh, interview. You know, you big takeaway. Yeah, I would agree with that. Devin Archer saying, look, it's very clear. Hunter Biden used Joe Biden to to close the deals, to sell the Biden brand. The value he brought to the business operation they were involved in was the Biden brand. You're buying influence. That was the product. That was the only product. There was no other product but this product. Make sure you download uh, the podcast each and every day, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to download Verdict with Ted Cruz, uh, the podcast I get to do with Senator Ted Cruz three days a week. You're going to want to hear what he has to say about this as well. I will see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 